Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Retro Time Podcast. We have got a brand new series that we're doing. We're calling uh, Deep Dives, and we're going to be diving deep, Derek, into uh, the hiring process, getting a job. A lot of people nowadays are coming from uh, you know other careers, doing a career switch. A lot of people doing boot camps, a lot of people doing stuff like that. A lot of people have been asking us, you know, what do I do? How do I get into the game? And uh, we've got some answers. We got a special guest today, but before we jump into that, Derek, RetroTimePodcast.com, get yourself some stickers, yeah. help support the show. We don't have any sponsors, and uh, those $2 stickers, you'd be surprised how much it helps. Get one for you, get one for your pod, get one for your team, get one for your mom, get one for your dog. Um, they stick to dogs. And uh, yeah, yeah, just uh, don't pull it off too. It'll make, it might hurt. Um, anyway, Retro Time Podcast, uh, like, subscribe. Leave a five-star review, and Mr. Derek Siebert will write you a song. That's good. They're happen. good, too. I love his songs. Best songs ever. All right, so, Derek, we got a special guest, man. I'm excited, dude. Mr. Casey Randall. Uh, Casey and I worked together a long time ago, back at a startup, and Casey has this way about him, man. He was bartending, actually, when we met a long time ago, and um, he just hustles, man. He just knows how to get in. He just meets everybody. He's really good at doing that kind of stuff. We're going to chat about his secrets tonight. Uh, Casey's an adventurer. He's a storyteller, design entrepreneur. He helps shape how people experience the digital world around him. His intuitive eye for core experience and passion for great design result in truly engaging interactions. Casey dedicates his time to, to host events and mentor designers through ADP lists. So check him out. You can book him. I recommend it. He helps UXers sharpen their skills, navigate their career, advocates for the users, and he slays dragons. I don't know if you knew that. Heard about he that. Heard about Casey that. Randall, my man, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Wow, what an intro. Very happy to be hey, here. Thanks. Thanks, for, thanks for having me. Yeah, you dude. So a little bit about Casey. Casey, like I said, back in the day, uh, we worked together at this little startup down in New Orleans. And Casey was hustling, man. He was going to school for design, but he was a bartender. He just He's like this uh, amazing at networking. And he got this gig, and he has just gone from working as like a junior designer at the startup that we used to, went up to D.C., started this design meetup, got really big. He started mentoring. He started doing all this stuff. Now he's at SiriusXM doing his thing. Um, and it's just amazing watching this guy just go from, from, from then to now. And what Casey, what I want to talk about, man, is just what's the secret? I don't even know where to start, to be honest. You know, we, we worked together so long ago and it feels, I mean, it feels like ages, but it was only like within the last decade. <laughs> um, That's a long time, man. It, yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of, so much has changed for both of us over those years. But I think one thing for me has always remained true is that I've always tailored, um, kept my community equals up to my success. If I'm able to help my community grow and, and, and build it and be successful, I in turn can be successful as well. Um, you know, not to, my dog's playing with this chew toy now. Like as soon as I jump on this call, he starts playing with this chew toy. Let's cut that out. Thank you. <laughs> We're keeping um, it. <laughs> so, you know, from, from bartending, it's, I bartend for a, a pretty long time. Um, and I was able to meet so many wonderful people across the bar over those years um, at different restaurants and different bars. And I ended up in New Orleans just by happenstance and uh, bartending right on Magazine Street. And this story, it sounds like a joke, right? Two guys walk in my bar. One's tall, one's short. They're both bald. <laughs> and 
you know, and they're talking about software and apps and, and, uh, and technology and things that I'm interested in. So at this point I was bartending, I was working as a freelance web designer. I had a few clients under my belt, some restaurants, a law firm, just a few different things to help build my portfolio, make some extra cash. Um, and then just really bartending to pay the bills. These guys were talking about tech and things. Again, I was really intrigued in, and there were the only two people in my bar. So we all start drinking together. It's New Orleans. You know, that's how it goes. Of course, man. Yeah, bartender drinks with you in New Orleans. That's right. It's an <laughs> idle Tuesday night. What else am I supposed to do? And uh, lo and behold, the short bald guy was like, oh, you're a designer. We're hiring for a UI design position. And I had no idea what that was. Yeah. And so um, I, I write down my Yahoo email on a beverage napkin really mm -hmm. dates me. And I ne <laughs> never expected to hear from this guy again. They left around 2 a.m. I think six hours later, around 8 a.m. That same morning, I get an email from uh, the CEO of this tech startup. And he's like, hey, here's the link. Go and apply. And, you know, two years of working at Rodolo got me into D.C. And I make, made my way into a senior designer. And um, that was my personal journey. But along that way, I was... Um, I was hosting events through Dribble, um, Dribble Design Meetups, and uh, was able to meet more people that way. And that, again, really helped lead me to uh, just grow in my own career. Um, it just helped me meet a lot of amazing, talented people. I got to learn so much from them, live off their energy, and it just really helped propel me forward. I thrived off people's creativity and their skills. And I, I, I surrounded myself with people that were just better than me. Yeah. And that's just kind of what happened. That's the mm -hmm. secret. I think that might be the secret, man, to be honest. Might like, be um, the secret. Find, finding, uh, finding, finding that group, man. So, you know, I, I have like a, a similar kind of uh, uh, experience with, with UX and stuff. So I was working at a, an ad agency for a long time doing web design, right? And um, I, I wasn't learning from anybody there. And I, I had no idea what UX was. And, and aside from like reading, you know, about Apple and stuff, um, I, you know, I, I'm reading books. And remember at the time they used to have magazines, like actual magazines, like uh, Web Designer Magazine and stuff like that. And they kind of touched a little bit about mm -hmm. what, uh, like at the time up in, you know, UX was kind of like a brand new thing. Um, and, uh, you know, when I started, same for me, I, I, I guess it's something about Rodola. They just like willing to hire people who didn't know what the hell they were doing. But, uh, you know, I just said, it was like, yeah, I'm a UX designer. And I just started acting like I was a UX designer, but, um, it wasn't until we started hiring like new, new folks like you and stuff, honestly, that I, um, I started to like, feel like I learned, I started to learn stuff. You made a good point. I think that point that you made is, is actually maybe more important than a lot of people think it's surrounding yourself with people that you can learn from inside and outside of work, you know, finding, finding a job where there's like a really great creative director or finding a group of people who are willing to help you um, learn new things. I love that, man. Yes. Um, I read it. I read this quote so long ago and it escapes me on who wrote it and where I got it from, but you are the average of the five people you hang out with the most. Uh -huh. So if mm -hmm. you hang out with people that are more talented, more creative, more driven than you, and you hang out with you know for an extended period of time and you become really great friends and you end up you know finding yourself in this cycle of um of being driven and mm -hmm. which leads to potentially more success um and i i truly believe that 
Now, you know, this is actually something I've said a lot about uh, people that work in uh, the design field. I don't know about software, Derek. Maybe you could tell me, but I found that the people who are in the service industry that are the ones who kind of are really great at talking to people, not necessarily uh, extroverts, because not everybody in the service industry is an extrovert, but they're, even if they are introverts, they're, they're good at like maybe starting a conversation or talking to people and things like that. And I found like those are the people who tend to be like really great UX designers a lot of times because they're really good at in like just listening. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like they're good at they, yes. like bartenders. Your job is to listen. I mean, your job is to like sell drinks, but it's also to get that other person to stay in that seat yes. and buy we more were, drinks. We were therapists. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know. I, and I think maybe, maybe, uh, maybe the software industry <laughs> a little bit more introverted. They just want to like, like sit in their, in their, uh, in their corner and not do where, I don't know, Derek, what do you think? It's not all all the time true. I don't think um, we do, we do like to be alone. But uh, many of us grew up only children, you know. So like my I don't know. I'm not just making that up. But the the thing that's interesting to me is that the more teams I join, the more people I meet, I'm starting to find myself more intrigued by the people, the way they work, not just on my team, but the way they you know the way they use the things I build whatever it is, um, I've helped build, then the stuff itself, like the stuff itself is interesting because it's, it's you know, uh, exercise and complexity and mixing things together and plugging things together and all that. Do you find that, that over time, the people became the thing that you were really trying to reach and learn more about as opposed to the technology, so to speak, you know? I think that goes back to, uh, you know, being human-centered. Right, ties yeah. directly into that whole philosophy of really keeping your users in mind of what you're building, not building technology for the sake of technology or innovation for the sake of innovation. It's it's about really making an improvement in, in, in a human being's life. And them, you know, being using that utilizing that technology or that product that you're helping build to benefit their own, you know, their own uh their business or their lives or whatever what have you right i mean plethora of shit out there love that man yeah yeah that's the that's the thing i love the most about ux design yeah honestly like over like web design where you're advertising graphic design in general where you're trying to maybe just sell some stuff or whatever but ux man you're just you're making someone's life better if you're doing the work well you know and you're asking the right questions and you're engaged and you're talking to users and stuff um at the end of the day man that's that's the end result i love that he just, you know, hammer nail, man. That's it. Uh, mm-hmm. What I think a lot of, um, let's say, junior designers, right? Like those coming um, in from different careers, in from boot camps, uh, into the industry from college for the first time. Another secret is asking the right questions. Not only asking the right questions, but asking the right people the right questions. Mm. Oh, that's a good point. That helps you move forward, make decisions, and progress. Mm-hmm. So, so then you can continue to do your work. Maybe you can help me with this, Casey. Okay, you got the senior leaders of your company. Okay, the big wigs, the one, the ones that have suits that are more expensive than your car. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. They have direct. They have directives that are important to the success of the business, as if the business itself was a person. Then you have the worker bees, the people doing the work. They are also people that need to be cared for. How do you like care for one at the expense of the other 
and and think about it as a UX person? I'm always been curious about that. Derek, what a what a great question. I'm not even sure I'm able to answer that properly, but <laughs> I can tell you that if their suits is expensive as my Wrangler, it's a good suit. <laughs> that's a really good, good suit, suit. Let me tell you, that's a that's a fine fitting suit. <laughs> hope fine that suit's got suit. wheels. That's what I tell them. Hope it's from. Uh, I hope it's Italian. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, uh, it's pronounced. It's pronounced Italian. Italian. Yeah, Italian. Italian. Um, thanks for the correction. You know the. <laughs> As far as the business side of things, um, coming from an individual contributor, right? I'm not a design manager. I don't lead teams. Um, I, I'm a pixel pusher. I'm a grunt, you know, even though I have a senior title, I'm still a bit, bit of an order taker in a way, right? I still mm-hmm. have to, I still have to take in the business goals and objectives, right? Into mind, into mind, um, along with the users that I'm designing for as well, the customer, the, that customer experience, um, it, it's it's a tough sell, you know. It's a tough it's a tough balance to find working between business and you know user uh, users, right? Those those goals. Um, sometimes you're not going to agree. From my own perspective, a lot of time I don't agree with with business decisions, but you have you know they're the business and you have to respect that. However, you can have that freedom and flexibility to push back, and you should feel confident enough to again going back to asking the right questions, figuring out what is the actual goal here? It might be on a product requirement document that's like, this is our goal, but is it though? Like, what's your actual incentive here to, you know, raise pricing or change colors or what what have you? Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as wearing nice suits, man, I wear t-shirts every day. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that's the great thing about being designers, Derek. You could wear whatever the hell you want. <laughs> And you're ex- it's expected. <laughs> I also just want to say that even though this video may not make it out to live, but we're all wearing black tees. I just want to throw that out there. It's oh, true. Dude. Yeah, it's true. So this is that's awesome. Know, so this is great. Here's the funny story. Um, I don't know, funny story. I've recently gotten into merino wool. Are you familiar with merino wool? It's amazing stuff, dude. I literally have worn this same shirt for two and a half weeks so far, every day, every without day. washing it. You don't have to. It's merino wool. It's antimicrobial, dude. It doesn't stink. And it's it's antimicrobial. It's anti we're gonna naturally anti wrinkle. We're going to need to talk after this, Jeremy. Oh, my God. Dude, I'm telling you. Come over, man. Come over sit in my closet. I'll smell your shirt. Stink. I'll yeah, smell your shirt. It's great. Amy would. Amy actually would, would tell me if it stunk. She's, she's That's fascinating. fascinating. As long as they take showers. It's, I'm, it's fascinating. I'm down the track. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got, I've got uh, two or three of these shirts uh, in different colors. You know, they're so comfortable. But... You know they don't last very long. They're they're pretty cheap. I go through them pre- yeah. pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, tell, this it's not cheap. This shirt's like expensive, but I only have one shirt. I only need one shirt, so it's kind of nice. I kind of downsize my closet. When I we love it. Up the, up well, you, you only have half a closet now. Uh, no, I only have half a closet now because I got my uh, my podcast studio and the rest. Yeah, that's right, Jeremy. You're um, going for uh, minimalism. There you go, yeah. man. I'm trying, dude. I mean, I, my kids need so much crap. It's like I don't need this stuff. Let let them have it. You know. Um, but so back to asking the right people, the right questions, I think I, I want to tie this back to like networking. So as, uh, somebody who's looking to get into the industry, how do you find the right people to ask them the right questions about, about job hunting and things like that? Oh man, such a great question. Um, it's, it's challenging. Um, and I'll get to COVID in a bit, right? This whole pandemic situation. Let's go back a few years before this shit happened. Oh, um, back to yes, back please. to times where you can have parties in uh, in person, and um, 
and also let's talk about bartending real quick, right? Those transferable yeah. skills, those interpersonal skills that you learn on jobs like that, where you have to speak to people, right? You have to communicate. Um, you have to be their therapist. You have to listen. Uh, and you also have to sell them booze, right? It's those transferable skills into UX, being able to sell design, get buy-in, um, you know, express your ideas, all those things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those skills go into, let's say, back up real quick, networking and community and just being involved, getting involved in things that are bigger or, you know, bigger than you, Right. Um, initiatives like fundraisers and um, community events like that are in, um, you know, doing something really great for a specific community, like a creative community. For instance, District Creatives mm-hmm. in D.C. We founded that because in response to not finding meetup groups that really satisfied our creative endeavors or our drive, our professional drive. So in response, my partner Vince and I, we founded District Creatives to bring together creatives, designers, developers, um, architects, photographers, gamut of people. And uh, we leveraged this group as number one, a great, you know, a safe and inclusive place to hang out, all of us, and also a way for networking, a way to meet people, um, a way to get uh, your foot in the door. So I'm going to tie this back to your your question um, with a story right? With an actual example, District Creators has existed for about four years or so now, three to four years. We've gone, grown from zero to 3000 members in that time frame. COVID That's kind of amazing, fu- man. That's amazing. Thank you. COVID kind That's of awesome. fucked that up. But um, I'll never forget in one of our end of summer socials, our big event where we had like 300 people, four story design agency hosted us. We had a, a kegerator on the, on the rooftop. It was just amazing party and place to just collaborate and talk. And it, it was beautiful. This design agency, um, Teoti run by my buddy, Brett, he just opened his doors to us. and was like, come have your party here. And we're like, hell yeah, it's free. Awesome. And so on the rooftop, I hit it off with the, the creative director of that agency. And a year and a half later or so, he reached out to me on LinkedIn and was like, hey, I'm at SiriusXM now, Casey, and I like what you're doing. Why don't you come work over here with me? So tying that right back to these relationships yeah. and these opportunities that may not play out immediately, but you mm-hmm. never know where they could lead in the future. Yeah. See, that's the thing. When I, I see people post on LinkedIn a lot, oh, I sent 500 this is my 500th job uh, application I've sent out and all this stuff. And I'm just thinking to myself, like I have never sent more than like two or three applications at a time. And generally I always, I know the job that I'm applying for and I probably only apply to that one, you know? So like, uh, I mean, I'm not hopping around obviously as much as, as some people might be, but um, you know, the thing that I feel like when you're just sending out a cold call, like you're just sending out a resume, if that's the only way that you're applying for jobs, it ain't gonna work, man. It's not gonna work, you're Jeremy. Just an, you're, you're just another another number or a name, or you're not even gonna get past the bot usually. Exactly. The best relationships I've ever had came from those community events. And let's back it up to this great initiative that came out of San Francisco by two ladies called Make America Dinner Again. And it was in response to the 2016 election, Right. And I noticed that they were, it was, again, it was, a, it was a really great way to bring in people from different backgrounds and different um, 
uh, political views and having an actual conversation over dinner. And it was in San Francisco and in a couple other states, I believe. And I realized I'm in the nation's capital. I just got here. Let me reach out to them and say, are you guys interested in doing it in D.C.? Taking that initiative to start something from scratch. And they were like, hell yeah, Casey, go ahead and do one. So I led the first two dinners, wildly successful. I learned so much. Not about, I learned so much even about myself and in these events. And it was eye-opening. And and then a gentleman on LinkedIn reached out to me. He said, hey, Casey, I really appreciate what you're doing over at at, uh, Make America Dinner again. And I heard the dinners were successful. And I didn't know who this guy was. His name is JT Trollman, and he's a product design manager at Facebook. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. And I, and I'm in my response was like, I was like, JT, th- thanks so much. Do you, do you mind if I spend an hour and just pick your brain about product design at Facebook? I was genuinely curious. Okay. Mm, yeah. This is a true story. All right. So I talked to him for an hour. Him and I are still friends to this day. I learned a lot about his process and what he's doing over at Facebook and da, da, da. And all of a sudden, I'm getting Facebook recruiters reaching out to me all the time, every six months, pinging me. Hey, Casey, what's up? Let's talk. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, he gave you he gave you the name. He so again, it goes back to it goes back to creating those relationships out of out of nothing and following it up. Now, one thing one thing I want to note about that, though, is you just did it. You just did it. You just emailed those women and you said, can I do this in D.C.? Yeah. Like what made what made you know, like what, what made you think like you would be? Uh, they would, they would accept there. How they would, dare uh, you, you know, come back and say, uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> What's the worst thing they can say? What's the worst thing I can say? Yeah. Is no, not, right. Probably uh, not respond, not even respond to the email. Probably not respond. Um, um and it, it, I did it out of, um, me being in a new city. Yeah. And a new place far from home and not that many friends just yet. And I wanted to be involved in, and things that were outside of work, outside of design and, and technology. And this was something I was really passionate about. Again, bringing people together to have genuine conversation to help close this political barrier. Very passionate about that. Right. And I and and that's it. I just reached out directly out to them and they were excited about yeah. it. So I think like the takeaway there for people coming into new career is just just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Just like, what's do the it. worst that could happen? Just if, do it. You know, I am, maybe maybe yeah. they'll they'll respond and say no, or like who are you, or why would we? You know, they're right. most likely they're probably not going to respond at all. So nothing is going to happen. Literally, nothing is going to happen if you don't do it. Um, nothing might happen if you do it. <laughs> but That's right. uh, what is that? Is that really so bad? One thing I've kind of you know we've noticed it with this show too. I mean, who are we, Derek and I, a couple knuckleheads talking about software? We've just sent emails to people like Dan North, uh, Bob Martin, one of the founders of Agile. He was in the ski lodge. You know, they all said yes. They came on the show, and it was just literally Derek emailing him. And I was even like, "We even got Casey." What, what, oh wait, wait, he's a, yeah, that's this what, show. What makes you think Bob Martin is gonna come? Yeah, he had I mean, a publicist, dude. We had to go through his publicist, um, and he came on the show. Um, and I think he had a wonderful time. I mean, it was fun. Um, and it's just kind of it never would have had Bob Martin if we didn't. If we didn't email them. And right. I think the same could be said for this. Um, if if you're feeling, um, you know, weird about it, just just do it and, and see what happens. Yeah, that's right. I, I would say as far as uh, tips and tricks going forward, keep this really short. Um, don't reach out to strangers and ask for a uh, reference. I don't recommend doing that. It's not super conductive. Now, 
what I do recommend, and I've done it several times, is reach out to strangers with um, looking for advice, looking for insight instead. And that is how you start a conversation. You start a relationship. And then hopefully down the road, you will get that reference. You will get that foot in the door. I love that, man. I, I think that's maybe like the best way to ensure future employment. Maybe not employment now, but future employment, right? Ups and downs in the job market, you get laid off. Yeah. I guarantee you those guys that you talk to at Facebook are going to reach out. Or if you reach out to them, say, hey, look, I just got my company downsized, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, that's the kind of stuff to like maybe ensure future employment. Might not help you today, but you're investing in your future self. It's true. Um, it's an investment. I love that. Um, question. I have a question about, about uh, kind of relating to this sort of just do it, but um, imposter syndrome. Um, I don't know about you. I think for me personally, you know, I never went to design school. I, I kind of taught myself most everything that I know. And I've always had this sort of thing in the back of my head. Like, I don't know what I'm doing is, you know, know what I'm doing a little bit, but I certainly don't know as much as the people with mm-hmm. master's degrees and all these other things. When you go and put yourself out there, I, I, and, and I'm maybe I'm projecting on you, but I, I don't know. Is there like this sense of imposter syndrome and how do you get over it and just say, fuck it. Um, I'm sending that email. I'm sending that message or whatever. Again, Great questions all around. Um, with imposter syndrome, I, you and me, Jerry, were the same. I don't think it goes away. I think we're able to tolerate it in a place yeah. where, or we can gain enough confidence to reach out to strangers and folks and, again, get involved in groups or community events and so on and so forth. I'm also like you. I'm self-taught, right? I've, I've learned. Um, I'm also not that intelligent. Right. Like I went to some crappy school <laughs> in Louisiana and look, I'm okay with that. I'm yeah, so yeah. self-aware that like, I'm okay with that. Like I have a hard time, like thinking about like, des- like famous designers and their names. Like, but I can mm-hmm. also tell you um, that I've studied and studied and practiced di- design thinking methodology and been largely successful at implementing great solutions across products and software and working at different companies. And I've had those experiences over the decade. And that's kind of where I've helped fill in that gap of imposter syndrome of not feeling like Mm. I don't know what I'm doing. Some of the, most of the time, I don't know what I'm doing, but I I tell you what, I'm going to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But see that, that you might not be book smart, Casey, but you're wise. Most people don't even (laughs) realize. Most people don't Uh, even realize that they don't Mm -hmm. know the things they don't know. So I I think that's, that's awesome, man. And, and, um, I think that's the kind of thing that just comes with age too. (laughs) Like you do it long enough, you start to realize the things that you know, you don't know. There's a lot of stuff you don't know when you start, but you don't know that you don't know. And then as you get older, (laughs) you start to realize all the things you don't, you know, that you don't know. Do you know, um, you know, (laughs) you know, know? (laughs) you know, it's funny. I've noticed this as, as I get further in my career, there'll be a topic that, I had to dive really deeply on in my previous product or something like that, some technology. And prior to that, when I'd have conversations with people, I'd just listen to their opinions about it and I'd be, I wouldn't be very opinionated and I would just be like, oh, that's really interesting. Well, but what he said is really interesting too. When you really dive deeply into something, you form an opinion, you, you, you grow more confident about it. And then when you go to those conversations, what I've noticed is everybody that's talking, I'm like, you guys are all fucking crazy. What the hell are you talking about? How did you get this you job? No, you have no idea what you're doing. This is terrifying. <laughs> you know? Not my current team. They're wonderful. 
Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know, of course. Of but course. Uh, yeah. But but you know, I've had that experience. So um, when you go into these these meetup groups, when you go into these groups, um, some people are like way way ahead on certain topics, and some aren't. Do you find that certain people are like they take over the conversation or or you know lead things or naturally kind of thing? I'm just curious about that. I can tell you without throwing any names out there that I have certainly experienced folks that make me lose sleep at night. That I am just like, <laughs> what? How the fuck did you end up there? <laughs> um, it's off through networking, dude. That's how they That's did it. It's, it's uh, they know somebody. They knew they're like somebody's cousin. Or yeah. like, you know, um, you know, we say that, but I, I guarantee you somebody else has seen us in that light at some point in the past. Mm. It's all about perspective, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. That's awesome. That's man. a good way to look at it. I, um, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I don't get to go to the meetups and stuff as much as I used to. Now I have, I have kids and stuff and, you know, I got to cook dinner and, and take baths and, and put them to bed. You know, it's hard to go do those things. But um, I feel like I need to make time to start doing that stuff. Cincinnati's got a few uh, big, big meetups, actually. Yeah, we There's should go, big... Jeremy. You should take yeah, me to one of those, together. and you should take you to one of my nerd ones. Yeah, bo- boys' night. Yeah. We do boys' oh, night. boys' there. night. I like that. <laughs> Get the guys' night. Watch yeah. the kids. Guys', guys night. night. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that, man. So um, so we talked a little bit about you moving to XM. Um, it sounds like you got that through like networking in D.C., and then that brought you out to California. Um, now what are you, what are you doing out in California now other than surfing and, and all that stuff? I, I, I assume you're surfing. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I am not surfing. I am terrible <laughs> at surfing. Um, I do enjoy the beach though. That's nice. The weather is fantastic. Oh, yeah, um, you know, let's, let's talk about COVID real quick. I, you know, at Sirius XM, I've been there about a year and a half and I, we, I worked there for about two or three months until COVID kicked in and we went fully remote and we've been really successful luckily over the last year year and a half um and it's been this really great opportunity to just like work and number like number one work with millions of users you know around the country um mm-hmm. and work on different product teams and uh, have a lot of different touch points but uh you know going from dc to california i followed a love interest over here to oc and uh mm-hmm. you know seeing that out and um, hopefully we'll be um, taking some time in Austin as well, coming up soon. Um, but Austin's beautiful too. You know what? What I really want to avoid something personal for me was uh, being really involved in in DC and their creative community and in the city itself. I spent a lot of time and effort and money in adventuring in that city. Right. Well, like my biggest advice for anybody who moves to a new city is to literally jump in, like. Yeah. You go out every day, you go do something every day, you, you, you talk, talk to as many people as possible. Um, and then I got, again, really, uh, really involved in the city and, and really um, integrated, right? To where during COVID, when bar, my favorite bars and restaurants were closing down permanently, it was really upsetting. It was, it was, it was, um, it was pretty depressing. So I yeah. took an opportunity to come out to the beach, escape for a little bit. Um, and now I'm I'm re-energized and ready to get back into that city life and uh, get back into you the drive. Get to care of yourself. That's right. That's, that's something I want to talk about too. Is is you know, post COVID, who knows what things are going to be like. But one thing that I did notice over COVID was how networking changed. 
right? Like, you know, the meetups that used to happen. And, and I like I said, I don't go to meetups anymore, but I'm still on all the newsletters and I get all this stuff um, and they're doing virtual and things like that. But one thing that I've noticed is that like networking turned not just like not just like national, but international. Right. So like I started mentoring um, with a couple of groups like in January, Black Valley out of the UK, um, which a friend of mine I used to work with at uh, GE was doing. And, and I was like, oh, that sounds fun. You know, so I started doing that, met a ton of people in the UK and Europe doing that and then got into ADP list and they're all over the world as well. Um, and, you know, just like being able like it's weird, like during COVID, I actually met more people from all over the place, all over mm -hmm. the world. That I would have never met had I not been mm. like stuck in my house. <laughs> That's right. That's you know, right. I don't think I ever would have like tried to do that had I been just sitting at home all day, you know, not bored because I was still like working and stuff. But, you know, my kids are in school and stuff. So it's like quiet around the house and um, got a network. I'm just wondering, like, from your perspective, what what has like networking been like during COVID when when we're all stuck, you know, not not being able to go out and, and go to meetups and things like that? Yeah, that's, oh, man, think about like, that's one of those silver linings to the dark clouds, right? COVID yeah. turned the world upside down. I mean, devastated our world economy um, and has been just an unprecedented event, a global event. It's just not, mm -hmm. it's not us, it's everybody, right? We're all suffering yeah. through it. We're all in it, literally in this together. Um, and things going virtual, like you said, have opened up so many new doors and it's in their own way because we're stuck at home. Now we're looking at uh, these virtual events and conferences. Um, gaming has boomed, right? Mm -hmm. People are right. at CRXM hit a huge bump because people are looking for content, ways to really, like, really stay involved and stay entertained. Um, but for me, it's like, international right it's opened these doors that like you said would not have existed if we were out in the in our own little world bubble doing our thing normally um it's one of those pros for sure and also really a whole nother topic but forcing us to work remotely has proven that it works we can do it yeah, and right. so all the big tech companies are like, oh shit, you know, what, what are we going to do now? It's like, hello. Our free, our free catering is, is worthless now. <laughs> yes. Our snap pods. What if you throw all these nap pods out? Nobody's napping at work. Nap pods. But let's talk about the actual co the core principles of networking. And I feel like there is a disconnect here in what I've experienced. Some folks think networking is about building this Rolodex, right? Collecting as many business cards as possible. Quantity over quality. But for me, networking, quote unquote, has always been about creating and building relationships, but also maintaining them as well over time. Um, yeah. Maintaining is a big thing, right? I mean, not you don't have to you know, be up each other's butts all the time, but reaching out every mm -hmm. now and again, saying what's up, hello, da-da-da. Um, so, you know, in, in, in D.C., networking was more of like, oh, you know, what do you do and who do you know, right? But networking for me in DC and being in the creative industry or the creative uh, community was like, let me introduce you to other people, you know, like how can we collaborate together? It's this beautiful mesh of things. Um, so it's really dependent on how you look at networking, to be honest, or like, what do you want to get out of it? Yeah. Yeah. Man, I, I love that. Like Derek and I, we talk about this all the time, the relationship piece. And this is this is this is where I think like it, it's just really critical. It's it's not the the qual it's not the the quantity like you said. It's it's the quality. It's like, you know, you don't just add a million people on LinkedIn. 
um, to get your your numbers up. It's not like Facebook or Twitter or something, right? It's sending a note like, hey, I found this thing that you posted really interesting. I'd love to, I can't wait to connect and learn more, right? Yes. Or I saw that you were doing this really cool thing. I'd love to learn more about it. And it's starting that conversation. And I think that's kind of like that same initiative like you talked about, uh, you know, trying to start Make America Dinner Again. It's, it's It doesn't always have to be that big. It could be small things. Some, some, some person that you might not think would ever want to talk to, oh, who's, who am I? They're so important. Uh, why would they ever talk to me? Yeah. Send them a note and see. You know, I, we, I've got like every time I buy a new book, I send a note to the author on LinkedIn. Like, hey, I'm reading your book right now. I'm really excited about following you and learning more. And I'm, I've had most of them reply back. And it's just something simple like, oh, hey, thanks, man. I hope you hope you like it. Yeah. You know, a sentence at the most. But um, <laughs> some people don't say anything. Same with podcasts. Like I, I follow a lot of design podcasts. I've, I've messaged like a few of them. Say, hey, great stuff, you know. Never ask them for anything. Hey, I'm, I have a podcast. Can you promote? Like, never right. do any of that. But it's mm -hmm. all about just like sending them a note and just building a, you know, um, and sometimes they'll comment on my post. Sometimes they won't. Usually they won't, but that's okay. That's right. Um, but yeah, you know, that kind of thing. I think it's the quality, it's the nurturing it, it's like interacting with them. Uh, if they have, if they post stuff and you think it's enjoyable, share it or whatever. And I think like as we in this, like as we enter this post COVID world, it'll probably be more like hybrid remote. So a lot of the opportunities that you get for work are probably not going to be in your city. That's right. Um, and so finding those people anywhere they are in the world um, and networking and, and just engaging. I think engaging, it might be like the thing. You know, engagement. It's not just networking. Engaging. Yeah, yeah engagement. it's engagement. Yeah. And that's such a great point, Jared. It's like <clears throat> just but being genuine, reaching out and yeah. being genuine, right? Um, I have a thing too, and we talked about it for a split second, but – Applying to 500 jobs, right? Sending out like 500 resumes. And that sounds like a lot of work. Sounds like a lot of work, right? <laughs> and I wonder if instead of spending the time and effort, energy and blood, sweat and tears into sending out 500 applications, maybe you spend a little bit more time on bumping up your portfolio mm -hmm. or your resume yeah. or practicing some skills. Um, even if you have to work at a bar for a little while to make ends meet and build your portfolio and then start applying, but you know, you can't really rush those things either. It's not this, you know, I, I feel like people like we get looked at like, Oh, well, how'd you get to where you are? It's like, well, literally through blood, sweat and tears and, and years of learning and making mistakes. And that's how we got here. A lot of fuck ups. That's how I got here. a lot of fuck ups. <laughs> But you know, you didn't yeah. get through it just through fucking up. You got through it through, yes, there were mistakes you made, but I'm starting to realize a trend. Uh, talking to you today, Casey, as we talk to different people, um, it's kind of coming to my head. Like, you have to get yourself out there, but you can't be sleazy and you can't mm -hmm. be a jerk. Yep. Like, if you're any of those things, all of the things you did would have fallen on their face. You could have mm. fucked up a million times, but if you burnt bridges along the way, you, would, you wouldn't you would be where you are. You know what I mean? Anyway. Yeah, it's being genuine, man. I think that's the that's the big thing. That's yeah. your personal brand, um, right? It, it always yeah. comes back to that, uh, <clears throat> that taboo word, brand, right? Like what you put out there is a direct representation of you. And if you're putting out, if you're acting like a car salesman, no offense to any car salesmen that are listening to this podcast. <laughs> we do have a few, a big following. <laughs> but if you're Soft a car, if you're a sleazy Soft car salesman, it's going, people are going to catch on. Yeah. Right. 
because again, negativity, bad vibes, that shit speaks volumes while you having to say anything. And we can pick that up, right? We can smell it. We can, we're like, nah, like it's for me going back to surrounding yourself with um, really great people. I've been, I become really great at smelling the bullshit. Like we mentioned again earlier, right? Like how they get there. That's, that's garbage. Um, and that's really helped looking at folks. I have a really great positive brand, my closest friends, looking at how they hold themselves accountable, how they um, advertise themselves, how they post on LinkedIn um, or whatever, right? They have, they've established this really great brand of themselves and I want to follow in suit. So I take a lot of cues from my friends and from other design leaders in the world that I really like. For instance, let's talk about Aaron Draplin, right? One of my favorite designers of all time. He curses like a sailor and I love it. I'm like, this dude <laughs> knows what's up. He's super talented. He knows it, but he's also a really nice guy. And he also, his personality comes across. And I wanted to be that. I didn't want to be this sterile, boring person. I wanted my personality to come through. That was part of my brand. And yes, I curse, but you know, I, at least I, I try to be as genuine as possible. Just not around babies. That's all that matters. No, not around, around babies. Sometimes <laughs> babies, but oh, yeah. I like to really they're really small. Yeah. You curse. It's just that's that, that like, kind of medium age when they start to repeat you. That's mm -hmm. you Yeah, I'm usually not even around them, so it's fine. So a couple of things you said that I think are, are really awesome. You said this a while ago. I just want to repeat it again. Surround yourself with great people. I think that is just like find the great people and surround yourself with them. And if you're if you are the average of those people surrounding yourself by the greatness will increase your average by default. I think that's like a brilliant insight. Um, I love just like doing it, just getting it out there. Just just try it. Just don't 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 be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of getting rejected. Just do it. You know, uh, you guys made some really great you know, really great points. Again, surround yourself with people who are uh, driven and ambitious. If you want to be driven and ambitious, I think the people that you hang out with are going to lead directly to your own success and vice versa. Other side of that coin mm -hmm. is if you hang out with folks that are the opposite or negative, mm -hmm. you know, are um, whatever, right? It, it, you're going to, that success can go either way. It can go up or it could go down. Um, and also our, you know, best friend, Matthew Conaghy once said, he's like, um, yeah, hopefully I actually run into, run into him in, in Austin. But at the same time, if you're spending, let's say you're, you're spending too much time on five things, you're, you're too spread out, right? I can't quote him perfectly, right? But if you can remove one or two of those items from your, your list or your life, um, you can spend more time, more effort on the other three, right? So it's like getting C's and five, you can get, you know, three A's in, in those other three. So it's all about <laughs> time balance and yeah. um, everything in moderation. So yeah, focus, just focus on the things that you really want the most. Love it. Limit your whip. Limit your whip. In, in lean manufacturing. Um, Yeah, you know, it's funny that the advice you just gave, surrounding yourself is like, that's like the same stuff my dad would tell me in high school. <laughs> you know, your friends are a bunch of dope heads. Stop hanging out with them. They <laughs> smoke too much dope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was right, by the way, they did smoke too much dope. But yeah. um, you know what? Uh, we all, we all, we all survived. Most of us. Some of us most of us survived. Anyway, most of us survived. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, anyway. 
Um, all right. So uh, this or that, Casey. It always so gets dark, little... right? By the way, it always gets real dark before this or that. Yeah, that, got, re- that got real dark. Real, <laughs> real dark. He's just talking about his friends. Oh, who committed man. Suicide. Um, all right, good. Uh, Enjoy. All right. That's right. This or that, little game. This is just a way for our, our listeners to get uh, get into your head. What is uh, what is this or th- what is Casey like? Is he like this or does he like that? Um, we got a few in here. We won't judge you except for maybe one or two. We'll we'll definitely judge you. Yeah, it's um, heavy judgment. But uh, you know, I hope you answer them correctly. Are you ready? We're gonna set a timer for two minutes, so it's gonna be quick. And uh, soon, you know, first thing comes to your head, just you know, lay it on us. All right, I'm ready, Jer. All right, dog or cat? Dog. Netflix or YouTube? <laughs> oh, Netflix. All right. Ice cream, cone, or a cup? Oh, cone. All right. Uh, Mac or PC? Mac. Okay. Uh, buttons or zippers? Uh, zippers. All right. Uh, let's see. Um, console game or PC game? Console game. All right. When you're flying, aisle or a window seat? Ooh, aisle. All right. This one's important. Sirius or XM? Ooh, Sirius XM. <laughs> Oh, you combine, you combine. oh, there he goes. Oh, I see what you did there. All right. You know, being goes. political, it's okay. You're, you're, uh, you're, I won't tell. You're All right. Um, East Coast or West Coast? Mm. East Coast. East Coast. All right, oh. cool. When you're at the beach, swimming or sunbathing? Oh, sunbathing. Sunbathing. That's me. I don't I don't like to get in the water. It's, so, it's always so cold. I like, I like looking tan. <laughs> there you go, man. Uh, all right. Big party or small gathering? Small gathering. All right. Uh, Star Trek or Star Wars? Wars. He was so End close. It. Cut it. He was so close. All right. <laughs> no, uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> all right. Um, this one's important. Don't screw this one up. Love or money? Ooh, money. <laughs> oh, he's honest. We've had, well we only had one other guest. Oh. oh, he even said money. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> he's like I money. Just... <laughs> money. Everyone always pauses and everyone always ends up saying love. But we've oh. had one other... One other guest that actually said money in That's it. That's great. He's my you know, it's it's good to be honest with yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Um, so when you're um, when you're on the beach, this one's super important. Uh, do you do uh, swim trunks or speedos? Trunks. Trunks. Okay. Oh man, you are a European. Good choice. I mean. Yeah. Good. Man, we um we went to this like this place. We went to Costa Rica for a honeymoon, and like the amount of men in speedos I saw down there, like a lot of them mm-hmm. like, European from France, it just blew my mind. I was like, I wish I could pull it off. I can't pull it off. If I could pull it off, I would. Look, but I'm just jealous. You look great, guys. I am confident, but I'm not that confident. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll I tell you something, that, Jeremy. Man. Before we before we move on, yeah, uh-huh. I had the old switcheroo happen to me recently. Went to the store, needed some swim trunks, forgot mine at home. Actually, no. My wife bought me $5 swim trunks, which ripped in the middle. And guess what? They were board shorts. So guess what happened? Imagine it. Don't imagine. It's terrible. And so I get these. I get these. I I go to the store. Swim trunks. Speedo swim trunks. I'm thinking, all right, I'm getting some high-quality swim trunks. They're swim trunks. I put them on. It's like wearing a Speedo with a little little dress on it. (laughs) And I'm telling people, I'm like, I'm telling my family members, like, oh guys, God. I feel like I'm wearing a speedo, like I'm all tightened, and they're looking at me weird, like, why are like, you talking you about tight. this? Um, <laughs> so it had, but it had the little, uh, it had the liner in it, you know, like a lot. It of, was like, like uh, wearing a speedo. Oh, wow. I tell you what, okay. after a few minutes, felt delightful. But at first, you know terrible. what? <laughs> I don't even, I don't even see the need to continue. That's it. That's all. <laughs> so that question, Derek, we're gonna end it on speedos. Um, I love it. All right, so Casey, so thanks for joining us, man. I really appreciate this. This was awesome way to kick off our, our deep dive series on 
on that, that mid-career shift or, or if you're just entering the workforce and you're we're trying to get into software, either UX or, or engineering, um, these tips are, are great start. Keep an eye out for the next in the series. We're going to do interviewing with our good buddy Jay Castile, and then we're going to do some whiteboard stuff, some portfolio stuff, and then ultimately uh, Derek and I are going to chat a little bit about what makes a really awesome teammate. Once you got that job, Can't what wait. do you do? Stay tuned. It's going to be awesome. And and again, Casey, thanks thanks for, for joining us tonight. Um, check us out on RetroTimePodcast.com. Get yourself a sticker. Mm. RetroTimePodcast.com slash stickers. Find us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, we have not been doing Twitter very well, Derek. <laughs> don't tell him. I don't, I don't do Twitter. I don't even have Twitter on my phone. You know, I don't even have an app. You don't I really need it. Up. I gave up. Yeah, <laughs> you don't really need it. I hate yeah. social media so much. Um, yeah. But you know what? Kids today, the kids today, they got to have it. We're, I'm definitely not doing TikTok, Derek. Yeah, I was going to say, TikTok. I was going to say, you Ooh. guys should do a TikTok. That would be- I'll do a TikTok. <laughs> Derek, dude, oh, you know what? We could put your songs that you write when you write a five-star on review. TikTok. The songs that you write, oh, put yeah. those on TikTok, dude. Got to get a five-star mm. review first, and then we'll do it. Yeah, but yeah, we need to get somebody to leave a five-star <laughs> review. There it is. Uh, you got to do Britney's song. Britney is still patiently waiting for her song. That's why she hasn't come on yet. I know. What, she had a baby or something? She thinks yeah, she something. Could, uh, yeah, so it, was, it was really the song. All right, so check us out, Retro Time Podcast. Like, subscribe. It'll help uh, us more than you would ever know. And uh, tell a friend, share it on your work Slack channel. And uh, I guess we'll see you next time. That's all I got, Derek. That's all I got. Well, hey, Damn. that's all I got, too. Thanks for having me. All, all right, right, guys. Cool. Take it easy. Yeah. <laughs> so funny story um the other day uh amy always does this she's like you know she'll say something like like god damn it jeremy or fucking jeremy you know like under her breath i'll do something stupid and she'll like say so anyway the other day um amy had not cursed by the way at all uh and arlo arlo is uh our, our three-year-old amy was just like jeremy what did you why did you do this and and arlo just goes fucking jeremy <laughs> and like he said fucking jeremy and um you know, so uh, not even prompted by Amy. Like he wasn't so repeating good. her. Like she didn't say it that moment. But she, he just hears it all the time. Well, that guy. That's a that's a fine fitting suit. <laughs> Hope that suit's got wheels. That's what I tell him.